Hi, friends. Hello, should I delete that, listeners? We still have some tickets left for our live tour and we would absolutely love to see you there. On Thursday, the 23rd of May, we will be performing in the London Islington Assembly Hall. On Monday, the 27th of May, we will be in Salford. On Tuesday, the 28th of May, we'll be in Glasgow. Sunday, the 2nd of June, Birmingham. Monday, the 3rd of June, Bristol. And Tuesday, the 4th of June in Southampton. You can get your tickets at aegpresents.co.uk or via the link in the show notes or our Instagram bios. We really hope we see you there. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I called my mum and I said, I think it's time I get a wig. And she said, thank God, I've been waiting for you to ask me. And then I was fuming because I was like, what do you mean? You've been waiting. You're the adult. You tell me. I didn't know I was allowed to ask for a wig. Hello and welcome back to Shall I Delete That? I'm Alex Light. And I'm Em Clarkson. And how professional do we sound? (laughs) (laughs) I'm pleased that's over. Um, I'm actually, I'm not going to make a habit of it, but I'm going to acknowledge that I do have a baby, a baby. Um... (laughs) Adorned my breast. I didn't know that makes sense. <laughs> adorned my breast. I like it. A baby adorned my breast. Uh, I'm really sorry. I haven't quite. I haven't quite got the hang of this working mothership. But we're on. We're on. The, I, we. I, well, I would have got the hang of it if we'd have started recording 45 minutes ago when we joined the Zoom call. But we got distracted. So now she's hungry. She's so making the cutest noises. So we. No. Forgive her. A little bit of ASMR. But for weirdos, probably. Yeah, baby ASMR. I don't know <laughs> if that's a thing. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't want to delve into that. How are you? Um, I'm good. Oh, I'm so excited to be back doing the GBAs. It feels I like know. normality has returned. I know. That's my good. Is it? Yeah. Oh, I feel bad for my good now. Oh, you <laughs> bitch. that's not my good. <laughs> okay, that can be my good. It's fine. You have a baby. You have a, a, a considerably... No, that's uh, not my good. That's not my good. Okay, okay, okay. I, I forget that one then. Go back. Right, so I'm, I'm like a terrible person. It's not that I'm back on the podcast. It's not that I've had an adorable baby. My Uggs arrived. Oh my God. <laughs> Shame on you. <laughs> I'm in my Ugg era. You're, you're officially in your Ugg era. I'm actually about to be in my Uggs era, plural, because I bought myself, after our conversation, before my b- before my maternity leave, I went and bought myself some Uggs online. But you know, they were sold out fucking everywhere, so I pre-ordered them on flannels. And I did it when I was with you and Daisy because I was desperate for them. Now, they were supposed to arrive on Valentine's Day, a little treat for myself. They are still not here and they are now expected oh. on April the 7th. I'm like, oh my God, oh. what? So I was so disappointed that at two in the morning during one of my random shopping splurges, I bought another pair, different colour, and they've arrived. So I've still got that pair on the way and I'll, I'll have to send them back when they get here. Although knowing me and my aversion to the post office, I probably won't. Uh, but, yeah, I was going to say. Um, <laughs> you have previous <laughs> definitely and, yeah well, what color did you order then wait what color have you got 
I've got, oh, I don't know what the tones are. I've got, oh, I want to pick them up, but then my beard will come out and it'll be a whole thing. I've got like the palest sand colour, like a very, like the colour of my jumper, which is not helpful for, for listeners of the podcast. And then I've <laughs> ordered the chestnut ones, like the classic yes. ones are on the way. And then I've got a kind of like very mm. pale, like oatmeal sand colour. I can see it. I'm Googling which it. Which I actually prefer. Yeah, love. Uh, are they the ultra lows? Yes, ultra minis. Ultra minis. Okay. There you go. And I feel adorable when I wear Do them. Do you? Absolutely adorable. I'm wearing them with my baggy jeans and and I feel adorable. I feel like a real little Gen Z. I on, honestly I am too old to do that. I can't do that. No, try it. They, I love Uggs because they're the most comfortable things in the world to wear. Ow. What size are your feet? Six. Do you want my other Uggs? Oh my God. When Maybe they arrive. Maybe you do. Have my other Uggs. But I can't, I just there you go. can't. Like I, I, I wore them, you know, on the day of the live show when it was snowing, I wore them. Yeah, and you don't wear them in the snow. I you wore them. You have to wear them on a lovely sunny day. Obviously, why wouldn't you wear the woolen hot hot shoes I, I, on a sunny day? Yeah, <laughs> what? <laughs> that makes zero sense. But but I wore them with a tracksuit, and I felt weird the whole day. Something felt unright, like not right about Did my it feel body. Like Two thousand and seven again. <laughs> yeah, and I felt like people were looking at me funny. I didn't really. No one cared. Wear them with jeans. I think Molly May does it. Me and Moles. Molly May is 23. Harlo has no no idea that she exists. Like, she's being so heavily influenced by another baby. Like, Bambi's a week older than Arlo. And I'm like, I am following Molly's journey so closely. And when Arlo's got something that Bambi has, like, they have the same blanket. I was like, oh, my God. I screen grabbed it and sent it to um, Ellie. I was like, what's wrong with me? Why do I care? But apparently I do. I I just love that she has absolutely zero idea. (laughs) She might do. Um, What Molly makes, she does not. I please don't. I'll fan girl with my little Ugg boots and my baby with a matching blanket. <laughs> she's the reason. No, she. I'm Were you going to say she's the reason I got pregnant? <laughs> I wasn't not going to say that, but she she wasn't. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed watching the the Tommy Fury fight and all of that. <gasps> I was quite invested in that. And for the first time in my life, I was awake for a boxing fight because I was up doing a night feed. Well done. Thanks. I, I didn't watch it, but I was following it live, like, on... Lo- I couldn't work out how to watch it, so anyway. Um, I'd say boxers probably don't realise how many of their um, viewership is just young mothers. It's just uh, new mothers. Yeah. It's not the demographic they thought they were getting, but yeah. it's just people up in the middle of the night. I did enjoy... I did I did very much enjoy that whole thing. Although I was I was a little bit confused, but I don't, I don't want to bash Tommy Fury, but I was a little bit confused as to why he wouldn't win, given he's a professional boxer. But anyway... Right, I, I agree. Yeah, I, I was agree. Like, but what do we know? This was in the bag, no, surely. But maybe yeah. we should start this. You know, like the YouTubers got really into their like boxing. Oh my god. Maybe yeah. maybe we should get the podcasters into something like javelin. Javelin. What the fuck? I bet you'd be. I bet you'd be brilliant at that. Do you know what? You're so unexpectedly strong. <laughs> I was actually thinking I bet I'd be so good at javelin. <laughs> I bet you would. As long as you could rep us, then I'm a hundred percent team javelin. Um, shot put. I'd be good at. I think better at shot put. Don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. Terrible I think at fencing. One of the worst things I can imagine doing would be catching a shot put. Like imagine yeah. someone's thrown it. So imagine having to catch it. I mean, I don't think people typically catch shot puts, do they? 
No, I know exactly. There's a good reason for that as well. I just wouldn't want to. I'm just saying. Okay, have you got anything bad? Wait, what's your... Oh, you've given... Oh, you, uh, I forgot you're good because it was so shit and so unmemorable. Fine, fine. My good, I've got a baby and I'm back on the podcast. Is that what you want to hear? All these cliches? Um, my bad. My, well, my good's about the podcast. My bad's also about the podcast. I, as you know, I have never listened to an episode back. Not because I'm lazy or disinterested, but because I physically cannot bear myself. Stand. <laughs> I can't bear myself. Anyway, when you were off, we had three different guests help me with the GBA. Dave was one of them. And so when the episode came out, I was driving, Dave and I were driving in the car. I can't remember why or where. Um, and he was like, can we listen to our episode and my blood went hot and then cold. And I said, no, absolutely not. I said, you can, but do it in your own time. And he was like, Al, you've done how, like, how, how many episodes have you done at this point? Like how much recording? You should be able to listen to yourself back. So I was like, oh yeah, I should. It'll be fine. It was not fine. <laughs> Spoiler alert. It was not fine. Uh, we listened to the first like 10 minutes and I can't, I can't bear it. I hate my laugh. I hate how loud I am. Hate it all. I know this is not like positive and uplifting and inspiring. As don't tell them that because then they'll start being like, "Yeah, she is really loud and laughing." And then they'll all leave too. Don't, don't blame them. Don't blame them. I hate how I like giggle. Oh, I just hate it all. I love how you giggle. I love listening to you. Oh, thanks. Okay, that thanks. I don't like that's... listening to myself, but I think that's pretty standard. I just feel like a massive brute. I'm like, oh. A brute. Like, <laughs> yeah, so, I don't know. I feel very like... <laughs> it's really overthinking, aren't you? <laughs> I know. I just giggled and then like vomited, did a little gag. Uh, the trick is not to overthink it or start drinking before we record. That's a good point. No, the anxiety. No, no, no. Don't, 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 don't. The fear, the absolute fear you'd have on a Monday morning. My a- God. Absolutely not. I had really bad anxiety after our live show. Yeah, I'll bet. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm not surprised the way you were like, no, I'm kidding. Um, it's the worst. It's, I think, like, I mean, anxiety already is the worst. But it's like when you've been, when, when you have got drunk with people that you love, it's kind of like fine. But when you've been drunk in front of strangers, it's, or like, not strangers, but people who you you slightly know that's the that's the terrifying bit and then obviously yeah. you were drunk and you were a bit you weren't drunk but you were drinking in front of yeah. people who knew you which is of course you were it was, it's a recipe for a horrible horrible next day i was like it'll be great it'll like relax my nerves it'll you know loosen me up a bit but I really did my future self a disservice and I will not be yeah. drinking. I mean, I will have like one glass at our next live show, maybe two. But I had quite a few and never again. <laughs> Fair enough. I tried drinking the other day for the first time since Arlo was born and I was like, oh, no. Like literally I yeah. had half a glass of champagne for my friend's birthday and I was like, can't. Can't really really yeah i was just too anxious but i mean it was it was pretty early after she was born and i was just like oh my god like i have to go home and look after her and like what if i, I just yeah. I, I really feel like i need all my wits about me yeah that um, makes sense and i have very few wits as it is at the moment so i was like i can't <laughs> i can't kill off any others um my bad i don't really have many bads but i'm just i'm gonna give you some generic bads about newborn life um okay. well i'm a bit tired are you serious? You're tired. Um, 
I'm a bit tired. Um, no, that's fine. That's not bad. But I'll tell you what, what isn't good. My neighbours have decided to do a full extension of their kitchen and they're building onto our house and I'm really, really happy for them. Um, and <laughs> oh, no. it's going on until August. Well, she said it goes on until the end of June and um, I don't believe that. because <laughs> like, And I feel really sorry for them. Like, They're so nice. It's obviously not their fault. Um, oh. But... It's terrible time. They ripped terrible. their whole the whole kitchen got ripped out last week, which is literally the loudest thing that could possibly be happening. And obviously, we're just in the house the whole time with a baby that we need to sleep and we need to sleep and not lose our minds. That is Anywho, terrible, terrible time timing. It's horrible. Yeah, I feel like I'm in a sitcom. I feel like there should be. I feel like there's <laughs> like a whole audience of people like laughing at me. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but you know what they say. What does it kill you? Yes. A famously, famously unreliable the... quote. Because, like, <laughs> I, I mean, being, the hit, yeah, like being hit by a lorry might not kill you, but I am I will pledge a bet that it won't necessarily make you stronger. Because <laughs> all your bones turn to, like, mush. <laughs> you have a you very good be point. weaker than ever. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, people Actually, say that all the time. It's like, mm, that is... I, most things. It's a terrible face. Oh. Terrible. It's a terrible phrase most things that nearly kill you they're not gonna they're not gonna make you much better like nobody got better from something by being nearly killed do you know what i mean i'm i'm thinking of it more in a mental sense like what doesn't kill you emotionally or mentally makes you stronger but i don't necessarily (laughs) know that's always the case either no it's not that's what everybody there's that meme that goes around that i've never related to more and it's just like um, your trauma, like your trauma, makes you stronger. And it's like it absolutely doesn't, but it does make me funnier. I'm like, yeah, that's about right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it does make you stronger. In fact, it's yeah, such a, it's such an unreliable quote. Okay, I'm not going to say it again. No, thank you on. for helping Anything me think awkward. critically about it. You are, um, you are welcome. My awkward is a is a is a leftover, an old awkward that I can't believe I didn't tell you. But oh, I think what? it's because I think it's post Arlo anyway I haven't told you and I haven't said that on the podcast I mean wait don't get excited it's really like it's not that big but um it stayed with me let's just say so (laughs) when like as you know Betty is always on me always and what Mm -hmm. I do is she kind of leans into me and I put my my arm all the way under her all the way around her and like under her bottom. If and this I, is going where I, if this is going where I think it's going, you no. owe me an apology. No, 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 not quite. So you didn't put your finger up. Her <laughs> no, I didn't put my finger <laughs> up. Her no, okay, never mind. As well. <laughs> <laughs> because her tail's always covering it, right? So Smart. I go under the tail and <laughs> I, I learn from hold that. her tail. So I've got her whole body like in my arm, and I'm my hand is holding her tail. Am I? Am I? Cre- am I like illustrating this well? Yeah, it's like the handbrake. I don't understand that, but yes, okay. So I hold my hand in her tail. I like that. I don't know. I'm always like, I always say to Dave, like, I can't believe we live in the same house or something that's got a tail. That always amazes me. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I say that at least twice a week. <laughs> that's so stupid. <laughs> so 
stupid to the point now where I say I can't oh I can't believe Dave goes that we live in the same house as something that's got a tail I'm like yeah oh, <laughs> I, still I can't believe it so much <laughs> can't believe we yeah, live in the house with a tail God, I can't believe that I can't wait to tell out to Alex as well jeez so that's that's how we sit I like it hold a tail blah blah so I went to my friend's house and um up north went to visit her up north with all my old school friends um it was brilliant I hadn't seen them all in ages and she's got two dogs she's got one girl one boy I'm not used to boy dogs yeah (laughs) so so the boy dog is super affectionate and I love him he's so cute so I sat on the sofa he came up to me and leaned into me for a cuddle so I scooped my hand around him under his (laughs) bum and I hold his tail so I'm sitting there with him in my arms, holding his tail. And then my friend just looked up, looked at me, and she was like, her eyes widened, her whole body language changed. She looked horrified, and I was genuinely like, I don't understand. And she was like, why are you holding Wilf's Willy? No. I thought... You're perfect. That's super bad. I was like... I know that you could get us cancelled for that. You, that's I thought illegal. I thought his willy was his tail. We know what you thought. <laughs> oh my god, that's so fun. See, Betty's a, horrified. Can you hear? Yeah, Betty's like, oh my god, mum, mum. Oh my god, that's um, that's a lot, Al. Oh my god, how disgusting is that? Yeah. My mum had to do deliberately when Dodger, I think I told you this, when Dodger got his foreskin all stuck around his willy and she oh, put gloves on. and Yeah. Oh. But at least she had to do it for medical reasons. You were just doing it for, for fun. To be clear, I didn't oh. wank the dog off. I held his willy. Oh God, that sounds awful as well. And I got what, a, gentle, a gentle caress. Fucking weirdo. <laughs> Fucking weirdo. It's a disaster. <laughs> so, oh, no. don't let me near your male dogs. <laughs> No, Christ. Um, I don't want a hard time for putting my finger up Boa's bumhole ever again now. <laughs> You're awkward. Okay, my awkward. Um, my awkward actually happened with you here the other day. Um, I'm not socialising much, but when you and Daisy came here the other day to record... Yeah. <laughs> this is something that I have silently cringed about since you guys left. Um, so you came here to record like meet the Meet Arlo episode and stuff, and... <laughs> Daisy, producer Daisy, knitted Arlo a hat, which is like the most gorgeous thing, and it's so sweet. Like she literally looks absolutely adorable. I can't even tell you. And so you were holding Arlo, and we put the hat on Arlo. Yeah. And you looked down at Arlo, and you said, "I can't believe you made this." Now you were talking about the hat, and Daisy went on to be like yeah all these stitches and I learned all this and I did it but I thought you were talking about Arlo so I was like I know it's mad isn't it and then I realised really quickly when you were like yeah how did you get the rib stitch here and I was like oh no so I just like tailed off really quietly I was like I was going to hope that no one's noticed I didn't notice that but I really wish I had (laughs) oh I wish I hadn't brought it up now I literally after this I was like oh that's so embarrassing <laughs> why have I got to make everything about me it's so embarrassing <laughs> like Jesus Abe, you're not the only one that can make something what do you think you are some sort of craft expert for fuck's sake <laughs> don't have the monopoly on handmade things oh I wish we'd recorded that bit honestly 
I'm such a narcissist. <laughs> It's all about me and my oh. produce. <laughs> I'm also amazed by that. Also amazed by that. But I was just in the moment. Like, you were more amazed stunned. by the hat. And honestly, I get it. The hat was incredibly impressive. By this impressive. piece of craftsmanship. It was incredible. <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> you agree on both oh, counts. <laughs> I agree, yeah. Good, good hustle, everybody. We made some good shit. <laughs> it's just really embarrassing. You're literally crying. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know, I was really embarrassed. Anyway, we have a guest. We've got a good guest today. We do. So we have the lovely Laura Matthias on today, who I first saw a clip of Laura on Trini Woodall's show. um, And it was all about Laura embracing her alopecia and Trini was helping her to do that through fashion. And then I saw her on this morning and I just thought she was so amazing that we had to get her on. So Laura came on to talk to us about her alopecia diagnosis, which she got... Uh, in primary school and she talked us through how she's navigated life since then which has definitely had its fair shares of ups and downs um, and how she's ended up ultimately in a place where she feels very comfortable with her with her alopecia and with being bald super cool episode Laura was amazing and we're going to leave her Instagram in the show notes if you want to go find her enjoy Hello. Hey. Hello. <laughs> um, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I am already totally fangirling, even though I promised myself I wouldn't. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> Go on then. <laughs> oh my God, you guys are so great. I can't believe I'm here. Oh my God. <laughs> okay, it's out. It's out. I got it. Oh God, that's really blown my mind. Um, I'm all flustered now. I'm going to blot now. You are also pregnant though, so maybe it could just be. I'm a mess. Honestly, if you tell me anything emotional today, you've yeah. got Buckle up. <laughs> but thank you so much for being here uh, you've had a kind of bonkers time recently you hung out with trini woodall yep best mate now best friends <laughs> what's it like being best friends with trini woodall exhausting <laughs> she you know i thought i was a lot um she is a lot but in the best way um she is just what she's like on tv just frantic full of energy does not hold back tells you exactly what she thinks uh, and so I just kind of thought, I'm going to have to pull my big girl pants up and just go with this, lean in, let her dress me however she wants. Even if at times I may have said, yes, I think I look like a pimp right now. <laughs> I did challenge her, but she was like, own it. That's it. Own it. So, yeah, it's been great. So you're a pimp now. I am a pimp now. Spread thanks to Trini Woodall. <laughs> nice. I'm going to call the Daily Mail immediately. <laughs> After you went on Trini's show, you sent in a Feel Good Friday to me that you had gone to work for the first time without your wig on. And when I shared it on my stories, I got so many DMs from people being like, oh, my God, I saw her on this morning. Um, and she's amazing. And blah, blah, blah. So I was like, well, we've got to talk to you for the podcast about not just everything you've been through in the last few weeks, but everything you've gone through in the last few years about your life with alopecia and the awareness that you want to raise. So would you tell us a little bit about yourself and your story? Yeah, of course. I mean, that's why I'm here. Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. Um, so, yeah, no, I it's all pretty new to me, you know, rocking up here today bald. I was wearing a bandana because it's freezing outside. <laughs> um, but I was 13 when I started losing my hair. Um, little bald patch at the back of my head that my hairdresser first spotted. And she told me to go to the doctors and get it checked out, but it probably wasn't anything to worry about. But I could see that she and my mum looked quite worried. 
and that's my first kind of memory of the journey. I know how you feel about that word, but it is <laughs> it is a word that I need to use and I do use it. Use it. We embrace yeah. it. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> that's our 2023. Yeah. It's the word of the year. <laughs> okay, great. We're on a journey. Yeah, well, you know, aren't we, aren't we all? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I remember going to the doctors. Obviously, I was about, I was only 13. So my mum was with me and the doctor saying, oh, is there something stressful going on in your life at the moment? And I was like, well, yeah, it's a bit awkward, but my parents are going through a really messy divorce and my mum's sitting right here, so I don't really (laughs) want to bitch about it. Um, And yeah, he was like, that might have triggered, you know, I've got eczema as well, which is another autoimmune condition. So they kind of go hand in hand. So Mm. I'm more likely to get something like alopecia. Um, But yeah, it was just a kind of case of even the doctor didn't give me an answer. He gave me a name, which is alopecia for Mm. what that little bald patch was, but the prescription was basically try and calm down and your hair will probably come back. Oh. Uh, and as a 13-year-old, like, I was not emotionally able to deal with that. I was like, so hang on, I'm in control? Am I able yeah. to? And, yeah, so that was the start of the hair loss journey. Um, and that kind of summarises how it really was for a good few years, just, I'd say, feeling completely out of control helpless and like nobody around me including the adults knew what to do with me and my my ever thinning hair yeah I wonder how many men versus women get the helpful prescription of just calm down and see what happens as a 13 year old who has no idea how to manage emotions that she probably can't even label yeah. yeah no not at all I mean and I'm sure people can relate to that feeling when you're 13 up until that point I'd been a chubby, outgoing, didn't give a crap kind of girl because my value wasn't based on how I looked at all. Mm. But getting it to that age, all of a sudden, boys and girls, hormones flying everywhere. All of a sudden, it seemed to change my ranking anyway, just whether I was attractive or not. And so I thought I'd literally just got some GHD straighteners that Christmas because it was that. So I'm 31 now and it was the trend where we all had the poker straight hair. Um, I coveted those straighteners, I oh. swear to God. <laughs> How many did you break? That's the question. No, I never, I never, I wasn't allowed my own until I was like 16. It was crushing. My mum was like, you will ruin your hair. And sure enough, I did. So, <laughs> who knew? Your hair looks gorgeous now. Thank you very much. Is that the hormones, your hormones now? Or? Oh no, my hair's, my, well, I, I, I'm, I'm very, my, my iron's been very low, so my hair's been a bit falling out, but I feel like it's not really relevant. You can moan about <laughs> hair loss and hair thinning to me. Um, um, I well, will always, if if you make it as a joke like you did when I came in you said you look like an egg I was like do not even <laughs> like, it was it was a bad joke considering but I love company. it because then I get to come out on top and do a little bit of alopecia 100%. awareness <laughs> um so yeah 13 I mean like that's like the worst yeah. age to have something that is as aesthetic yes like wrong with you I suppose yeah and how did it happen from 30 how was the rest of your teenage years did you keep how <laughs> such a horrible question how were your teenage amazing years? that was so great I love being a teenager no it was horrible um and I I mean you've told me you're hormonal and and you're just Alex so you might cry <laughs> um yeah oh, I you know so well reputation I told you fangirl love that. um Everything stopped like after that because the hair loss, the the bald patches started spreading and they started joining up. So I was rocking this weird kind of like almost like an undercut, but not being able to disguise it anymore. So I started taking more days off school and then I just kind of stopped going to school. 
because that fear of like the wind blowing or like I just didn't know how to disguise mm. it. Um, I didn't know what to do. Like, and no one was telling me what to do. And I was like, they told me if I calm down, it would come back. So obviously I'm doing something wrong because it's getting worse. Um, and my parents were still not good. And we were all in the household and it was just really messy. But I always talk about how I remember my parents coming together and standing at the end of my bunk bed yeah. because I was a child, you know, mm. um, and begging me to go back to school because I think it had been like two weeks by that point. And at first, obviously, they were like, look, she, you know, she's going through a tough time. She yeah. just needs to chill at home, whatever. But then they clearly realised, like, I wasn't leaving the house. I wasn't picking up the phone to friends. It was a proper full-on, like, afraid to go outside situation, all stemmed from this change in my physical appearance. Yeah. Which, of course, is going to make you more stressed. Exactly. Yeah. Because it's a horribly stressful thing that you're going through. Exactly. Yeah. Vicious cycle. And it's such a vulnerable... It's a horrible, it, it, I mean, it's horrible whenever it happens for your body to change physically that, that lies outside of your control, but especially at the age of 13 when, I mean, kids aren't... Nice. <laughs> the, yeah, they aren't <laughs> the most tactful. And, you know, at, at that age, you start to become valued based on how you look, mm-hmm. based on how attractive you are to to uh, to, boy, to men, right? Well, well to boys well hopefully tragically not yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah yeah um so a terrible time <laughs> like I, I totally understand why you want, wouldn't want to go to school that makes sense yeah and it's it's weird because I I can't remember I can't remember having a rational thought in my head about it I just remember I just could not do it I could not leave the house I just I didn't know what to do and I think people and maybe even me now I struggle to get my head around that because I get up and have to do work and do things now every day, regardless. But at that age, it was too much for my brain to handle. It was just too much, all of it. Yeah. So how long did you take off school in the end? So I was off for over two terms of year nine. Wow. Yeah, so a long time. Um, And then some holidays came. I'd got a personal tutor or something at the end of year nine because I remember having to walk to the library in the little village I lived in to meet I think that was clearly part of their plan to get me like getting out right Uh, and I remember learning about World War One um you know as you do in the library um I didn't do my sats and I remember thinking well this is going to be an issue you know but basically at the end of summer I was like I can't continue like this like it's not okay Uh, and the other thing I should mention is all I did all day apart from that maybe weekly or two-weekly session with the personal tutor, was sit on an exercise bike all day. Mm -hmm. And it's no coincidence to think that I couldn't control my hair loss, so clearly was developing something else with my body there. And I lost so much weight in those six, seven months. Um, So I decided, right, I've got to go back to school. It's a new academic year. I I just have no choice. Um, And I was like, right, game plan. And this is where my personality clearly started really badly forming which was like (laughs) right I need to go out of my way to try and do this this and this so that this can happen and that included saying to my hairdresser do you want to open the salon half an hour early every day to wash and blow dry my hair so I can go to school and bless her she was the woman that found my first bald patch and they were all really clearly emotionally invested in this yeah um and so she was like I mean, I don't know how sustainable it is long term, but we want to do whatever we can to help, you know, whatever you think. So that was the plan that 
I was going to go to the hairdressers each day. Oh my god! <laughs> Which, if anything, looking now, I'd be like, that's just rubbing salt in the wound. I don't really want to go to the the, the scene of the crime. No. <laughs> like, yeah. You're so stunningly bougie. Like, I'm just going to get a blowout every before morning school. before school. <laughs> yeah, but me having a blowout at that stage was pathetic. So what was your hair like at this point? It was, like, full-on, like, like worse than what I was explaining. So, like, nothing. I mean, this is a podcast. You can't, you, but you can see what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so from, Laura is touching us. <laughs> like, above your ears, like a, like so, a strap around the back of your head. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All those bald patches had basically started connecting. And become, started from the bottom up. Yeah. Right. Exactly that. And so I could just about try and blow dry to try and thicken what was on top. Mm. Yeah. But a slight move of the head. And it was so obvious. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I went back to school and I remember my mum dropping me off and my friends had clearly been briefed and they all came running up to me down the street and like gave me big hugs. And it was really lovely, although I would have been terrified for them hugging me because, again, yeah. don't touch my hair. Yeah. Um, Going into classes wasn't great. I remember one boy was like, did you have a baby and you've come back? Because obviously I'd lost so much weight. Uh, and I was yeah. like, no, funnily enough, that's not what's happened. Yeah. But thanks. Good guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I had, I think my parents had brief teachers. I'd said I wanted to sit at the back of classes so no one could see the back of my head. Yeah. yeah. Great in theory, but of course didn't seem to reach all the teachers so it was like every classroom I went into I had to negotiate. Oh, actually, I'd need to sit at the back. And they'd be like, Why? Like, because I'm bald, okay? <laughs> like, yeah. let me have it. <laughs> exactly. But um, it's funny, the one thing I'm kind of considering, like, how self conscious I was, there was still clearly a part of the old Laura that remained, as in, like, that chubby, go lucky, whatever, confident girl, because um, they tried to put me in bottom set for everything because I'd missed, like, a year of school. And I was just like, no do not put me in bottom set. I know I'm smart. I know I've missed a year of school, but it will be okay. I will be okay. And they were like, all right, you sure you want to go into top set French? And I was like, yes, we, we, we I do. It was a mistake, the French class, believe me. Um, but yeah, no, so yeah, went back, um, not wearing a wig, but that lasted a week. Did it, what changed? I went to a school trip and we had to it was some kind of Catholic experience and we had to all go down and I feel like we had to kiss the feet of a statue. Wow. I really don't wow. think that's <laughs> some Catholic experience. <laughs> Catholic experience. <laughs> I went to a Catholic school. I don't really, uh, yeah. I don't align with that now, but I, I well, remember. you set for Catholic Catholicism as well. <laughs> Can you not tell? Some kind of Catholic experience yeah, around I kissing. Kiss some feet. <laughs> I just remember going downstairs and for, for all the other kids, like, looking over and watching each kid one by one as we went down and either prayed at the statue or kissed the statue and then went back up again and obviously in a church you're asked to remove any headwear mm. so I'd been wearing a beanie hat right. and I had to take it off and then I had to put my head down oh. to do whatever this and all the kids were above me and I was like oh my god I don't know how to say in a, in a Catholic church no I don't want to do this <laughs> yeah. I'm not the antichrist but you know yeah. it would have gone down like a sack of shit if I'd refuse so um on the coach home I called my mum and I said I think it's time I get a wig and she said thank god I've been waiting for you to ask oh, me okay Aww. 
Oh. And then I was fuming because I was like, what do you mean? You've been waiting. I, You're the adult. You tell me. Yeah. I didn't know I was allowed to ask for a wig. Oh, bless oh, you. Bless. So, um, had you. Had you spoken about wigs prior to that? I think she was so scared of upsetting me or yeah. triggering me or... Yeah. I bless my mum. I love her to pieces, but yeah. she just did not know what to do. She but was no probably lost. Yeah, yeah completely. Just, and like yeah. back then, so this is 2004, yeah. yeah, 2004, 2005, nothing was out there in the media about no. alopecia. About a year after, Gail Porter actually started uh, yeah. losing her hair. Yeah. I was about to say that she was the, I, th- I think that was the first time I'd ever heard of alopecia when she told her story. Okay, so you rang your mum and you said, it's time for a wig. And your mum said, yes, let's do it. How did you go about getting Did you shave a wig? the did rest you? of your hair? Did you? Mm-hmm. First, sorry. sorry I, didn't, I didn't know how. Well, the process all kind of came at once. So I didn't want to shave my head until I'd lined up what I was going to be putting on it to replace yeah, that yeah. Yeah. golem left hair, which I can say. Again, no one else can say, <laughs> but it was shocking. Um, and people, especially like journalists, they're always like, oh, they're photos. Unsurprisingly, I didn't take selfies because one selfie's no. worth a thing. And two, no, why would I want to chronicle this? You weren't up for photos at that point. Yeah. No. I didn't know that I'd get to this point ever where I'd want to be raising yeah, awareness and yeah. talking about yeah. it. So, yeah, it would be kind of handy now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I, there, I was really lucky. My local town, Ipswich, has a little wig shop. Um so the GP even seemed to know about it or someone recommended us um you know okay shut your eyes and picture a wig shop yeah Mm -hmm. okay do you imagine quite a small space large space what are you picturing I'm picturing like a really small space with like crammed in yes boxes and boxes of wigs piled up (laughs) literally threatening to tumble on top of you yes and the only private spaces are curtains that don't quite cover the full like doorway right that's yeah, that's spot what it was. on. That's what it was. <laughs> and weirdly, the private curtain rooms were by the windows. Oh, so like a peep show. Yeah, like oh, I'm gosh. like great. So nobody in this shop because there's no one else in here can see me, but all of the high street can see me trying on my first ever wig. Oh my god, bless you! Yeah. As if the whole thing isn't traumatizing enough. Uh huh. <laughs> I'm imagining that the lighting's terrible as well. Oh yeah, maybe that's why they chose the windows because yeah. you get a bit of natural <laughs> light. But um. Yeah, and it was two very lovely but older women and every single wig seemed to be designed for older women. Right. Mm. And everything that was on show on, you know, the things mm. that weren't hidden away in boxes were very much like grey, curly wigs. Like, just all the stereotypes. Very quaffed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not like, I'm just going to school. Yes. I just need a simple do. Literally, yeah. I, you know, I had obviously very thin, brown, yeah. mid-length hair. Yeah. yeah. I just wanted to be as match that as closely yeah, as possible yeah. um but yeah I must have found something they obviously were used to dealing with teenagers because I wasn't the first to have alopecia in the area um but yeah Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, get 20, 20, get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. 
At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. So, not the not a bougie experience, that one. No. Pretty horrible. Uh, and then I got the wig. It was way too big for me. Went back to my trusty hairdresser, who literally had been with me for the whole experience. Um, she opened the salon after hours. See, I'm so demanding. Like, no, I love it. <laughs> um, which was great in theory because obviously I didn't want other people in the shop because it was it was a moment having my head shaved. Mm. Um, but it was wind. Like I feel like well, it wasn't winter, but it was the evening. So when the lights were on in the salon again, there's just a massive window in the hairdresser so everyone could see. Um, I'm sure people weren't queuing up to watch this. You yeah, know. the Ipswich window displays. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, look at this girl having her head shaved. Oh, delightful. Oh, did you see her earlier in the picture? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do have stalkers. It's only about you. Yeah. Tell me, you, you're big names. I am your stalkers. Um, but yeah, so shave my head put that wig on she styled it on my head I left that hairdressers and I never ever went out in public again without a wig until two years ago wow Wow. so that's like 17 18 years yeah Yeah. okay that experience of shaving your head and putting the wig on was it I'm guessing mixed emotions but it was like relief but now I don't have to cover and hide myself and also sadness of that's it now I I I feel like that's it with my own hair. Yeah. I think lots of people talk about that moment. Yeah. It was so long ago. Yeah. It's really hard to put myself back there. And I think maybe without sounding too dramatic, there's a lot of things I think I have genuinely like repressed or like blocked yeah. out. Yeah. Unsurprisingly, yeah. I think it's really common as teenage I had something traumatizing happen to me as a teenager and when I went back to try and talk about it years later cuz you know I very different situation but I had a uh I don't know what you call them stalk uh, probably actually a real life stalker but like a but oh, like well a, now I feel like a dick for making a joke it's okay I said I look like a boiled, boiled egg earlier yeah, so now we are even <laughs> touche nice um no I had I, I guess that's what you call it I was um groomed when I was younger by someone online and I completely blanked it out and I was amazed at coming back to it 15 years later and I was trying to talk to my mum about it and she was having to try and prompt me and remind me because I'd completely bla- blanked out all of this stuff which I do think is a self-preservation thing for an unformed brain mm. uh, yeah no offence to my 13 year old self your brain is unformed um, no I think that's a really good description yeah, of a 13 no, year old brain yeah and I think it's a, self, it's a protection thing and you didn't know that you, at one point you're going to have to go back well, you don't have to, but you didn't know that at one point you might want to go back to this and explore empowerment or whatever, because yeah. mm-hmm. it's just, you've just got to get through it. Yeah. And for me at the time, so, you know, I'm going to say up front, I'm not anti-wigs at all. And I still no. think wigs can be vital for many people. They have been for me for years and nearly two decades. I just realised that looking back then... I felt I had no other choice but to put that wig on. And then that was the new me. That was how I needed to present. That was public facing Laura. So that's that's too intense a relationship to have with that hat of hair, you know? Yeah. Um, So that's what I'm trying to move away from. And that's what's kind of inspired me to start kind of questioning. 
is it healthy to literally not be able to step outside my front door without my wig on when that's who I that's how I exist most of the time at home how that I was going to ask that you don't wear the wig you're for the not looking for the last two years but like for that period of time where you weren't going outside in public without the wig on were you able at home you were not wearing it so uh obviously life continued like I went to uni I was in halls I'd asked for an ensuite because I was a wig wearer but like when the fire alarm went off in the middle of the night, I would put on my wig and quickly draw on my eyebrows before leaving oh, wow. in case of a fire. So that's kind of where my priorities are at. Yeah. Which is so fucked up. God, that's so hard, isn't it? It's like, I know it sounds crazy, but I can't, you can't explain that feeling and how strong that, that phobia is, you know? Yeah. And, and And also, I suppose if you didn't really have anyone around you, saying like oh you know maybe you could just go out without your wig on and without drawing in your eye like maybe you maybe you just could like maybe you're okay like that you know I guess you wouldn't think any different you'd think you just feel like compelled to I have to I have to show up with my wig and my it makes sense yeah I thought well I have to present and look air quotes normal yeah because I've never seen any other bald person maybe at most the depiction of someone going through chemotherapy in some kind of media I will have seen. Yeah. Um, and then, yes, Gail Porter. But the narrative that surrounded Gail Porter was just awful. Right. And I, and I wonder if you can remind us of that because I, I, I remember it vaguely and I don't remember it being positive. No. So they very much aligned her hair loss yeah. as being a result of poor mental health right. and homelessness and yeah. basically a breakdown. Yeah. And I just think that's so limiting on what actually was happening um mm. I mean obviously I'm not going to speak for Gail I am mm. I mean I fangirled her as well and uh, <laughs> it's not exclusive to you two I'm sorry but oh, I did uh, a bit crushing <laughs> I felt special but, but no you're longer. my favorite hairy people <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah I will take it <laughs> I met her at a Changing Faces event who are the charity okay. I campaign with um I know she is amazing and just so unapologetically herself but yeah she totally calls out the media for the fact that they just they just get it so wrong it's very interesting what you actually just said around the same time i suspect was when britney shaved her head yeah. mm-hmm. which obviously wasn't um alopecia related but it was indicative well it might have been alopecia related i don't know but it wasn't um it that that was so synonymous with her mental health yeah. and her mental breakdown yeah and it's actually really interesting that that rhetoric like the context for your waiting for a fire alarm to put your wig on, like obviously look at the background yeah. and the context for the world you were living in in 2007 or so, whatever yeah. it was. That you People were would either think I was physically ill, yeah. mentally ill, and I genuinely thought the only other thing was like horror films. Like people are going to think I'm some kind of... You do, you just, yeah. you pull together in my unformed brain, even at the age of 18 at mm. uni, all these kind of half-formed stereotypes of when you've seen bald people or things and it's always negative it was always negative back then yeah which is why it's so cool and we will get onto this and I am jumping forward but it's why it's so cool what you're doing now and showing like little girls who are you know being diagnosed with alopecia and and realizing that they're going to be bored like seeing people like you saying actually it's okay and I'm like normalizing this now it's really cool but going back did you, did all of your friends know, like in uni and everything, did you tell people or did you keep it quite quiet? 
Um, so at school, it was the worst kept secret ever because they'd right. clearly been briefed. But it seems like not everyone had either been at that assembly or like some people clearly missed the memo. Right. One guy in particular, I remember. Uh, yes. Um, but no, my friends knew, but they knew I didn't want to talk about it. Okay. So we just didn't, which is looking back, probably a lot of the burden came with that. Yeah. Um, at university, I was terrified because I'd obviously had hair and then not had hair with all these school friends. So it was going to a brand new place, starting my whole new life. I put off going to uni for a year and I look back and I wonder, was some of that to do with not being ready? Yeah. Um, I did also have adult braces. I mean, my God. I mean, (laughs) I really had it going for me. I mean, I genuinely maintain now that the way we look shouldn't hold so much value. But I am also very, very aware with the work that I do that unfortunately it does. Um, And I really had it stacked against me. Um, But yeah, no, I went to uni and I was living in halls. And I think maybe by the end of the first term, I told three people. It was a massive secret. It was a secret. Yeah. Wow. And in the privacy of your own halls or home, was there anybody that you would be happily bald or without your eyebrows in front of at that stage no 100% not and again talking about maybe the theme of this will be windows um I actually made (laughs) friends with someone off my course who I could see into his room and he could see into mine from our window this sounds way creepier than it was (laughs) um I think she has a fetish (laughs) (laughs) I am such a voyeur (laughs) um what's a voyeur you're just being viewed yeah but maybe I like both ways I don't know (laughs) I don't fancy bait, babe. Crack on. <laughs> Cheers. Um, yeah, no, so like I felt like, unless I literally was, <laughs> again, lurking in the shadows, that I never felt yeah. I had a private space. Mm. And then obviously I was fair, uh, sharing a house with friends and those friends I did tell before. They were the people that I chose to live with. So I was like, well, I'll tell them I wear a wig. But I literally think probably a handful of times they saw me in a bandana because our bathroom was downstairs. Right. Um, but even things like choosing rooms, I remember pulling the whole, but I've got alopecia card, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I really can't have that downstairs room. But genuinely, it would have made my life hell. Yeah, so, so whenever you, so if you did have to go to the bathroom, you put your bandana on to go to the bathroom. Yeah, if not yeah. my wig. If not your wig. Wow. Um, and if we're going to get personal, and I feel like this is a safe space. Yeah. I, when I first went all the way with a guy, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I'm from the 1950s. All the way. <laughs> and it was Fourth not. Base. <laughs> yeah. no. anyway. I used to get very confused oh, about the bases. So oh, yeah, no. All I know is. All the way. I think. Yeah. I think. Yeah. There was well, penetration, okay? Okay. okay. <laughs> Please, we got Laura to the P words. Yeah. <laughs> I think they used to say that fourth base was. Like penetrative sex, but then they would talk about fifth base, and I'm like, I mean, I love how much you just spat over the microphone. Know, that's so that. gross. Penetrative sex. Penetrative sex. Which maybe fifth base was anal. So just for clarification, fourth base? Yeah. Why am I oversharing? This is not the safe space. Anyway, the safe space. I kept my wig on, and that person who was my first. Did not know. Wow. Really? Yeah. Although I've seen him looking at my stories in recent years. So that's a treat. Really? <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> Although once we were kissing at a club and he did say to me, you know, a club on campus and said, um, 
your hair's really weird. And I pulled away from kissing him and I ran out of the club and I went home and I kissed someone else instead. Oh <laughs> my God. So I had but, issues. No, <laughs> fair enough. What a fucking weird thing to say. Well, yeah, he clearly like, but that's what I mean. People, because I was so secretive about it, I don't think people knew how to broach the issue with me. Right. And I was at like a friend, you know, I've still got some best friends from uni. Um, and Lily was getting married last year and she was, we were talking to a, a fellow one of her friends who I didn't know she was like oh yeah uni like we all knew Laura was wearing a wig but she just didn't want to talk about it and I was like right. I'm sorry what this is news to me right you know what was the point if I'd have known um we could have just t- yeah <laughs> I mean now like as soon as you walked in you were like joking about it you probably if you could go back that's how you'd I imagine yeah like, imagine this overshare and- having to keep the secret my yeah. god I was like nearly close to combusting every day oh my god so they knew yeah it was just kind I mean, of some unspoken. people are, are clueless. I've got to admit, yeah. like, I know when someone's wearing a wig or has drawn on their eyebrows like three miles away Do because you? I am aware that that's a possibility, that there will be young people that mm. have alopecia or hair loss. But I think until you are even thinking about that, especially like middle-aged men didn't ever seem to cotton on. Yeah. No. I mean, I your eyebrows, I can't believe they're not. Yeah, so these are uh, eyebrow transfers. They're basically like the stickers you had at school where you'd get like the fake tattoos and put them down with some watered tissue paper. But they're unbelievable. Are they permanent? No. What? These will, like, if anything, because it's so cold outside, I was worried they'd start flaking. But Oh, my God. So you just put them on every day? Yeah, I really, really want to do a moustache one day, but I don't know for what purpose. <laughs> if you'd have come in here with a moustache, I would have died. Died. <laughs> would have been the coolest thing I'd ever seen. They're amazing. I assumed They're... that they were like microbladed. No, so I've had that done yeah. um, quite a lot in my life. That, that was part of the whole journey, even at high school. That was one of the things that I had to get used to having mm. to, and the cost associated with that. God, I would just say this one thing. Yeah. Everyone's always like, oh, at least you don't have to pay to go to the hairdressers. And it's like, do you know how expensive wigs are? Yeah. Do you know how expensive yeah. the upkeep is? Do you know what it's like getting your eyelids tattooed? when you're like 17 it's not nice what did you have tattooed on your eyelids uh like just a line because my lashes fell out and that's the other thing it wasn't just the hair on my head by the time I got to uni um well I was kind of pretty much rocking a mohawk under the wig which looking back now I'm like that was awesome yeah David Beckham eat your heart I know but again now you know whatever but yeah it was my lashes started falling out as well my left eyebrow had fallen out so any photos of me from uni I always had my wig like clipped like a proper emo oh. even though it was years too late to be an emo like over this eyebrow what year was that because I was doing that for no reason uh, Just... so that would have been 2010 yeah so way too late to yeah, be a couple cool. of years too late <laughs> Still. It must have been a huge relief when you could just go to your room by yourself at the end of the day, take your wig off, take your eyebrows off and not have to think about covering up or, you know, distressing about people seeing or it must have just been like, finally, like a big sigh of relief. So, you know, that feeling when you get home and you take your yeah. bra off, yeah. it's that. But I didn't have that for over three years at uni because I didn't have a private space. Yeah. So I literally... I'm already pretty uptight as a person, maybe why I'm prone to like, you know, the trigger of stress. But I really can't believe I survived that. Um, And how did you feel? How was your relationship with your appearance at that time? Was it a sort of, I mean, teenage relationships with your appearance is just fucking brutal. Anyway, Mm. I didn't like to look at myself because I didn't like much. You know, it's not like I I couldn't see anything and be like, oh, I, I like that. So... 
like I mean that's and that's that's the kind of um, teenage standard. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's, we don't like much. So were you able to make any peace with yourself or find anything that you were loving or was it, what was your relationship like with? I mean, no. I I literally think I would go as far to say I hated how I looked and, and therefore kind of who I was to an extent because they were so closely bound mm. because of that value piece that we were talking about. And But I had this weird dichotomy where... Like washing hands on a night out, like with other girls in the mirror, and they'd be touching up their makeup. I remember hating that so much, hating it. And even later in the workplace, like if we were going for drinks, and all the like media team would come in and they'd be doing their makeup, and I just I couldn't even look at myself. But then the dichotomy is, I need to look at myself. I need to check: has my wig slipped back? Yeah. Is has my eyebrow yeah. smudged? Like, so it's really difficult when you do need to kind of be maintaining the the disguise mm. and obviously that's an extreme way to talk about it but that's what I felt like I was doing so what was the shift then because obviously now like you've come in today well wearing your bandana because it was cold but so you're cold. here without a wig it sounds like worlds apart from where you where you were when was the shift and what caused the shift so the pandemic okay obviously all our lives were disrupted um didn't have to go into the office anymore and so I wasn't having to get up every day put my makeup on in the same way and then put my wig on and get out the door so literally disrupted kind of my routine um and then from there I was enjoying not wearing my wig in between zoom calls um yeah. and I was thinking god this is nice isn't it my scalp can breathe because yeah. the thing I should know is that I mentioned I've got eczema as well um, and that's, you know, a comorbidity or it's another autoimmune condition. Wearing a wig when you have eczema for 12 hour plus days, I would have open cuts on my head. Uh, my wig is actually stuck to my scalp on numerous occasions. Oh. And I'm not saying this lightly because I hate the stereotypes surrounding wig wearing and, you know, just watch the film The Witches, either new or old. Mm, and that depiction right. of removing the wig is is grotesque. And I hate that. So I want to get rid of that. So I do lots of videos where I now can take it off and show that transition. But the reality for me as someone with eczema and alopecia was wearing my wig was exacerbating another condition of mine. Yeah. So that's been a key moment for me and was during the pandemic of thinking my scalp went from having a red raw ring all around it yeah. to starting to heal. And it was just like, wow, I've really been kind of putting myself through the ringer here. Um, so that's how it started. And then a lot more time on social media during the pandemic, of course, because what else could we do? Started following people with alopecia. And I thought, oh, my God, they're amazing. Look at them. Wow, they go out bald. I'd never do that. And so I'd slip into their DMs like the stalker I am <laughs> and, um, you know, say, I think you're amazing. I think you're beautiful. I don't know how you got to this stage. I'm, you know, I've had alopecia for nearly two decades, but I'm just nowhere near where you are in the confidence journey. But thank you for showing up because social media wasn't a big thing when I was 13 and I just can't help but think, what if? Yeah. And then from there, slowly, slowly, I don't know what happened, but by summer, uh, so I think it was June 2020, I posted my first bald selfie and I literally posted it and put my phone on the other side of the room and then had to run away and like do something else to not think about oh. it. Um, and I had the most incredible response, not just from the hair loss community that I'd kind of tapped into, but just people who had knew me from school and stuff. And 
yeah, that was the kind of the start of it all, I guess. And did that first bald selfie come from uh, come before your first bald outing? Right. So yes. that's so okay. Sorry, so nodding. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So that was another huge moment, right? Yeah. You that have- that whole thing about actually, it's been interesting. The social media version of me mm. versus the real me, air quotes. And I know it's interesting because so many of us talk about that in terms of like editing our images or, you know, filters. Um, but for me, it was almost like the other way around. I'm determined to show up no filter. Not not saying I've never used filters, of course, especially there were so many things. It was my first bald selfie. You know, I'm sure yeah. I heightened the colour. Um, Crack on me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, it was like I could do that online, but I was nowhere near ready to do it outside my front door. No. Right. Okay. How much longer was it between bald online and bald on, in, the, in the street? In the streets. <laughs> <laughs> Balding in the streets. Um, <laughs> I was saying, I was like, this sounds like a really bad hip hop song. <laughs> um, so my first time outside bald was at my friend's farm. Because it was outside and public, but there's not many people on a farm. Smart. Just the cows and chickens to look at me. Um, and I made it a photo shoot because I thought, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to chronicle it. And again, so it was closely related to my Instagram page and like challenging myself. So basically, I started making that page all about setting myself challenges that I had to complete. Yeah. And for me, that just that mindset worked clearly competitive with myself or whatever but otherwise it just wasn't going to happen mm. there wasn't going to be a reason for me to go out at that stage that I could see oh you know it'd just be good for my soul <laughs> I was yeah. like no no I need a photo Fuck shoot my soul <laughs> <laughs> I want Instagram content <laughs> exactly that um so yeah uh I you know climbed up some hay bales whipped my wig off got my friend to take a photo whilst my other friend best friend of years was like holding some light reflector and I was screaming at her <laughs> don't look at me she was like I thought the whole point was I was meant to be looking at you um so yeah that was a moment and I'd say from there there's even something on my stories like my my page is a mess I'm not very good at highlights and stuff but I remembered the other day when I first had to do the walk in my bandana from my front door to my car and literally my heart palpitating and doing a story about how like yay I just made it and now I'm like that is insane that I had so much adrenaline running through my body even when wearing a bandana to walk from my front door to my car. Um, My happy place is still my bandana at the moment, I'd say, even though I actually weirdly feel more powerful and confident without it. Mm. Right. Um, But that's what this year is all about. That's the next step is really going into the warmer weather, hopefully. What did it feel like when you first went out without the bandana? Like your very first outing in, what did you say, 18 years? Yeah, no, very, I was distracted by my own baldness. Like when I go out bald, <laughs> uh, it's getting easier now. Yeah. And I've done a few things on my own walking. Like I'm obviously now I, as a campaigner, yeah. I want to, I want to be the version of me that is setting that example to 13 year olds yeah. going through the diagnosis. So if I go to a Changing Faces event, of course I have to go bald. I just yeah. see that, like, I have to. Mm. Um, and then I'm like, well, then I'll get the tube back on my own bald and I'll get the train back on my own bald. Yeah. And I notice people do look. Um, and some days, like anyone else, I have more confidence than others. Some days I feel untouchable and I think, this is an education moment. Look away, you know, yeah. like, yeah. you will see a happy, healthy bald woman and it's all great. And then other days, 
you know, my eczema might be a bit bad or I'm just not feeling it yeah. or, you know, time of the month and I'm just feeling crap. And that day I'm like, I really can't be asked with anyone today giving me a funny look or God forbid, which has happened, someone coming up to me and saying, oh, how's your treatment going? I had the big C last year. Oh, okay. such an uncomfortable conversation because yeah. you feel like you're almost letting that person down because yeah. you can't empathise with them. That's difficult. I was going to ask what the reaction is, if any, when people speak to you and you are, and, and not not at the charity events because obviously there's context for that, but yes. just when you're out and about, do people say things beyond... Make well, do people make assumptions and say things to you? I think people definitely make assumptions when they see a bald woman. Mm. The worst thing I ever had, and I did do a whole post about this, um, was when I was at a wedding and meeting a drunk girl. And I mean, I'm sure I was drunk as well, but not drunk enough to think this was okay. Um, and she was like, Yes, yeah, so can I? And I was wearing a wig, but I mentioned my alopecia. And she was like, so I, there is one, there's one more question I want to ask. And I was like, yeah, okay, sure, go go ahead. That's that's why I mentioned it, great. Um, so, because you're not slim, when you go out bald, people must obviously know that you're not going through chemotherapy. And I was like, I don't even know where to start with how many levels are wrong and the assumptions you've just made. Wow. So I just walked away <laughs> because I was like, I actually What can't. a horror. That, yeah. that question doesn't deserve an answer it was so much worse than i thought it was gonna be as well i was like god that's awful on every single yeah but remember it could have been alex shitting in the shower so (laughs) you can always embarrass yourself more (laughs) i like that that spread by the way like no that's honestly that will that's it's in here it's a mental image don't say that um pass it on alex shits in the shower (laughs) (laughs) oh god i forgot that term though yeah that was gross you're You're the real gross one she had to google Um, it to be fair she didn't just have it floating in her head ready to say waffle stomp waffle stomp also it's like am i the am i the bad person for labeling what you're doing no yes (laughs) um so to go back to um, what well, the show you did with Trini you talked about your bandana well she was kind of brutal about your pan- your bandana <laughs> in that because obviously hearing you now like it is a le- and I completely get it it's like you can be the most body confident person but then some days you're just like I just can't yeah. be fucked today like I'm yeah. just going to put on a hoodie and whatever and that's so fine but so completely get it with your bandana and with that context but she there was a clip in it where she was like she, she said it was kind of Old? Did she say like fuddy duddy? She said something <laughs> along those lines. Whatever the terminology was, I remember being like, well, that's pretty old school too. Yeah. <laughs> so she was trying to empower you to take it off. Yes. Which and and I and you said, I think just a minute ago, that you feel more confident kind of without it. And I feel like that, like you feel very powerful and comfortable and confident in here as you are um so maybe she did sense it but it did seem a bit brutal i mean Um, brutal is the word of the day but (laughs) she gets away with it i don't know how but you know because she's right yeah you did look so good when you took it off yeah i don't know that whole experience was it was empowering and i know that's a word you know inspiring empowering and words that get chucked around when talking about any living with any kind of difference or illness but actually they are they, I felt like that process, yeah. they, they fit. Yeah. Um, I, we did have only a couple of comments, though, but some people were like, oh, it would have been great to see more in the wig. And, you know, I really still like wearing wigs, so please don't say that wearing wigs is shameful. And I was really clear to say, I am 100% with you. I Like, for instance, yeah. I've never yet attended a wedding, 
as a guest. Right. Um, I'm also not married. I've <laughs> not done that. Um, I've never attended a wedding wearing without wearing a wig because I feel like, for me, that completes the outfit. And I like to choose yeah. a different colour wig depending on the dress or yeah. whatever. It's not to say I never will go bald. Um, but I'm always... I always say the line, there is no right way to live with alopecia. There is no right way to show that you accept or embrace your alopecia. And it shouldn't be performative. It's Mm. just what you want to do. But for me, the Trini process, I had specifically said, I'm Mm. starting a new job. I want to be able to go into the office bald, but find an outfit that works with that. Today is not a good example of that because... (laughs) You look happy. You look look great. great. Comfortable is the word, Yeah. (laughs) You look and great. You're not in a cream jumper, which is no, sad. I'm sorry. But that cobalt blue suit that she put me in. <gasps> so, and you did yeah, a shoot with good. Alex Cameron in that afterwards. Yes. And yeah, that, you looked they amazing. Were amazing. Yeah. That's from Fangirling You because I saw that your phone. I was like, oh, gotta get that. I right. actually she the best. She's she amazing. The most amazing yeah. images. You haven't done no. one with yeah, Alex. You no, need I to. haven't. Natural no. lighting no, photography. Wow. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah, everyone does look amazing afterwards. Yeah, not afterwards. <laughs> that was a weird, weird you thing to say. You all fucking gross in the flesh, but after you've been to see her. Am I disappointed? Is that what you're saying? Cameron treatment. Wow. <laughs> it's just natural light. We just need a bigger window in here. And then you'll look. She's fantastic. obsessed with windows. <laughs> I know. Jesus. Like, Put me on display. You're basically you're a mannequin at this point. Well, again. <laughs> yeah, well, mannequins well, are bald. Love Trini's it. show as well. I mean, that's effectively what you sign up to be for yeah, a little bit. And you just got let to her put a lot of trust in. <laughs> I'll address you. I mean, I've got to admit though, and I think it comes across even in the edit. There were some other things I said, but you know, like some of the outfits are so out there. And I was yeah. saying to her, like, this is great if I'm like. That's why at the end I was like, I look like I should be co-presenting this show with you because that's the level she dressed me to, like TV personality glamour. And I'm like, but I live in the smallest town in England, so how am I going to walk down the street with these sunglasses? (laughs) This, like, yeah. Yeah, a bit less conspicuous. Yes. Talking about being inconspicuous (laughs) down the street, um, obviously a big campaign I was doing last year with the charity Changing Faces was all around stopping the stare. So that's for anyone with... Any kind of condition that makes them look different. And alopecia counts as that. Um, mm. And in fact, so does eczema. Yeah. So do lots of things. Um, anything that makes you look not normal. And I hate that word so much, but it's interesting how often that word comes up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the whole campaign was around there's a difference between looking and staring. And I have been on the end of very hostile staring, like where they just won't break eye contact. Oh, middle-aged so man on the train. It's yeah. so always a middle-aged rude. man on the train. Always a middle-aged man, yeah. That's so arrogant. What do you do? Do you say something? I stared back. I was tempting to put my finger up, yeah. Yeah. I've tried to stare How back rude. and then just do that kind of like angelic smile in a kind yeah. of like, you can't touch me. Sometimes even that doesn't seem to do anything. And then I'm just like, I just have to block it out. Um but yeah, that shift from kind of like what Trini was trying to get me to do was say, why not let people look? Why not let people think she's bald by choice? Because if yeah. you dress it in a certain way, it will look like it's a yeah. choice. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the other part of me is still, though, very much like I would much rather you smile, be curious and have a chat with me if you want to. Always happy for that. But do not stare in silence at me no. because it's just rude. It's so it's rude. So rude. I guess, would is that what you'd say? I, I'm just, if there's any parents listening, I think this is something that I see, like, have convers- 
a conversation that I see online from time to time is people saying how can they teach their kids to treat other kids or other adults with differences, with Mm -hmm. visible differences? Um, How's best to approach that topic with kids? How do you feel is best to have this conversation with kids and with young people? I'd say definitely never silence your kids or reprimand them for approaching and asking the question because Mm. the brilliant thing about kids is they are curious and they're also not malicious. It's not coming from a bad place. Um, It's often just because it's new and they want to make sense of it. And actually what we're going to do is if we tell kids off and silence them, they're going to associate like fear or badness or secrecy with those visible differences which as the person with a visible difference that's something I've already had to overcome so I don't ever want to feel like a kid couldn't come up to me I love kids it's fine we can have a chat whatever but you know obviously even if a kid says something like a kid's not going to probably say all right baldy teenager might bloody teenagers um (laughs) (laughs) yours is going to be one one day I know She's going to hate me first, though, so it's fine. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah, I'd just say encourage kids to be curious, but in a kind way. Yeah. Which I know is easier said than done, but I think that is naturally where they want to go. Yeah. It's only us that put all that kind of shame attached to, oh, no, don't ask them about that. Yeah. And how's so it been at work? Like, on, so 2023, you started it. As, as you wanted to, like mm-hmm. coming yeah. in and unapologetically yourself to work. How was that? What does the f- rest of the year and the rest of your life? <laughs> oh, wait, are we not seeing each other? Oh, no, what does the rest of the year look like for you? Like, what's your hope and like, what do you want to keep? What, what do you want to do this year? So for me, 2023 is about the everyday of being bald. So it's great that I'm able to do kind of like a photo shoot where I celebrate being bald or I go to an event and or I go on this morning. But, you know, my makeup was done there and it was amazing and it was an experience. But again, it's about bridging that gap between the messages that I'm sharing, which I really believe, but then matching my everyday level of confidence with that message. Because some days it really does feel like a million miles away. Mm. And then other days I feel like, no, I've got this. And I think that's okay. And I think that's normal as well. Like I always say confidence is not a linear journey. We all have ups and downs for various reasons. Um, But for me, I just want to be more of an ambassador for alopecia in everyday life. Because I am at a stage now where I am confident to be asked questions. I am at a stage where you can look at me kindly and whatever. um, And I'd rather someone ask me than somebody who is wearing their wig and terrified to be asked about it Mm. I want I'd rather take that attention and be that person because it's taken me two decades to get here and I'm a big gob so I may as well start (laughs) using it (laughs) third base (laughs) (laughs) nice call back that was good that was good um I guess to finish this off can I ask if anybody is listening to this who is still in the wig and terrified that someone's going to find out or who is 13 and losing their hair for the first time, what would you say to them? So to anyone feeling that way, I would say that is exactly how I felt and did feel for a long time. But it will get better. It is a conscious choice you have to make every day to learn to kind of 
like yourself. And I still think that's the most rebellious act, especially we as women can do just like ourselves. Um, But also don't feel like there's an end goal. Don't feel like by wearing a wig, you're hiding your alopecia because some of the best alopecia advocates I know love and embrace wigs and, and that's part of their daily outfit. And that's great. It's not about what you put on your head or not. It's not about if you even choose to talk about your alopecia or not. It's about feeling okay with yourself and not letting that shame shadow everything in your life and stop you doing things. For me, the reason it was important to start moving away from the wig was because I was hiding behind it and I wasn't doing things. I wasn't going to theme parks. I wasn't sleeping over friends' houses. I wasn't entering relationships in a healthy way. So that's why I knew I needed to make the shift. So I I would say if you feel like you're in that space, do reach out to people in the hair loss community because for me, it's only been two years since I started chatting to people on social media and look at me now. I'm meeting these two dreamboats, you know, so. (laughs) Favourite hairy people. (laughs) I don't regret saying that, it's true. That's what I want this episode to be called. Great, That's what I want on my gravestone. (laughs) Laura's favourite hairy person, one of two. (laughs) You're so cool. You're so great. I, I can't feel wait to see you like, this summer. Just is the head getting bigger? <laughs> rocking it. <laughs> yeah, I, I to, to call back to those words that are thrown around a lot. But I, I like inspiring and <laughs> empowering. Like you're just really cool. Yeah, so cool. Thank you so and much for telling your empowering journey. Thank you so much for sharing your journey. Thank you for having me. And yeah, I felt like I kept them cool. You wait till I go out the front door and I'll be like. (laughs) (laughs) And you'll be watching from the window. (laughs) Roll it back. Thank you. Thanks so much, Laura. Should I delete that is part of the ACAST Creator Network. Hi. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.